Hello. Hello. Dan, are you Gwendolyn the Magnificent? <laughs> yes. <laughs> my hilarious. favorite part of these my favorite part of my these podcasts is um thinking of a name. Thinking of a name? <laughs> <laughs> there was a, well, you know what? Yeah. I, I always appreciate your strange names. It's really funny. <laughs> um good. I good. like how you've decided to be a woman this time. Um Kit, let's Patrice is not here yet. Let's blast to the intro. Oh, no, she is. I'm right here. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Good. How you doing? What's going on? Oh, nothing. I saw, You know what? I saw the uh, the link and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to get on right now. So, But, yep, I'm glad to be here. So thank you so we're, much for having we're me. We're super glad to have you. Um, and, uh, by the way, you, if you see the link pop into your, your, your text message, Mm-hmm there's really never any rush with us because we're like the most haphazard um, podcast you'll ever be on. Mm -hmm. This is like the low, we're going to set the bar really low for you. So (laughs) and then then it'll be all uphill from here. (laughs) Okay. That's good. (laughs) Um, So, you know, Dan and I were right about to do the, we're going to do the intro to our show. Okay. um, Which is just a little like text, you know, verbiage thing. And then, and then we're, we'll, we'll just chat Sounds is good. basically the way it goes. So this is, um, this is po- uh, the Getcha Some Productions podcast, episode 67. We are a podcast covering all things, a bus is going by in my car, a podcast covering all things related to music production from the first note to the last fan and everything in between. We create music and inspire others to do the same. My name is Keith. Gwendolyn the Magnificent. Hello, Gwendolyn I mean, the Magnificent. Uh, My name is Daniel. Oh, right, right, right. And we have a very special guest today, Patrice Ryan. Hi, Patrice. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me here today. We're, we're very glad to have you. Um, do you, so before we, now, this is, um, we're, we're very candid the way we do it. We have questions for you. We, we have a lot of stuff that we want to know. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's sort of like we also just like to have a conversation. This is almost like our uh, this is our strange way of networking with other musicians mm-hmm. is by making them come on our show. Right, right. <laughs> so, I like that wholeheartedly, yeah. Yeah, so, so we just want to get to know you um, a bit. Uh, do you now first off is pe- you know just in case people come on the show and only listen to the first few minutes of the show can you say you know your socials or or point us and and the listeners in a direction of of anything they should check out yeah no um, de- definitely um so i'm on uh facebook it's actually funny i still sometimes think i'm stuck in 2009 where it's like facebook is the happening thing and it's like it's you know there's so much social media now um the main page I work on a lot is is Facebook. So I'm on Patrice Ryan. So people have trouble spelling my name sometimes. So I learned how to spell it when I was a little kid. So it's like Pat Rice. So it's like, if you spell <laughs> Patrice, it's like P-A-T-R-I-C-E. So it's Patrice Ryan dash musician. And you'll find me on there. Um, on Instagram, because I'm also a music teacher on the side, it's pryanmusic.lessons on Instagram. And um, those are my socials. So you'll always find recordings you'll always find um gigs 
um, that I play within because I'm, I'm based out of Long Island um, in the Long Island area and in the New York area. So that's where you find a lot of my stuff. Cool. We, we will put links in the, um, the show notes so people can just, they don't have to necessarily copy it down. Um, but so they can just link to it. We can, we can, they can click through. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, so Ms. Ryan, <laughs> let us know. So can, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself personally? Like, I don't know, like where you're from the area, like what was your childhood like? Just to, we'd like to just get to know you like sort of personally a little bit. Yeah, no, sure. Um, I was, pre- I was pre- pre- yeah, can't speak. I was preparing all day for this. No, but um, <laughs> <laughs> were, were you really this moment? <laughs> Um, so, you weren't ready to talk about yourself personally, right? Yeah, no. That's this yeah. always throws people for a loop. I think. Yeah, no. Some people are like, "Wait, I actually had a childhood." Um, no, but um, so I'm from uh, Suffolk County, Long Island. So for people, um, I don't know if like if you have people internationally, but sometimes like people. I, I was on one show um, with a friend of mine on Twitch, and mm-hmm. this was last week. And some people tune in from like other areas of like country or from you know outside of the u.s so um i'm in suffolk county long island so it's divided into two sections so um suffolk county is like further out it's like more spread out like um it's kind of hard to explain but it's uh, long island's like considered the suburbs next to new york city suffolk Mm -hmm. um so there's suffolk and nassau county nassau is kind of closer to the city so i grew up in suffolk um i was actually raised by artists um, my parents met at Pratt Institute over colored pencils. My mom forgot to bring colored pencils one day to school. Mm. So um, my dad, you know, actually, sorry, the other way around. My dad forgot the colored pencils. My mom gave it to him. And, sounds uh, sounds more more. Uh, uh, it sounds more um, uh, more predictable. Sort of situation is for the man to have forgotten his <laughs> pencils, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you know they were like young kids and he was from Long Island and she was from uh, Brooklyn in, uh, from East New York. And uh, they met and um, she moved out here to be with him. So my childhood pretty much, um, I was raised to love music and art. And it's funny, we had a piano in our house. So the section of Suffolk County I'm from is called East Northport. So there's like Northport and East Northport. So it's like this really nice community that I came from. And um, we grew up with music and art in the house. Um, I never really had a hand for art. It kind of looked like, I don't know if you've ever seen like Napoleon Dynamite, not to put myself down, but like, have you ever seen Napoleon Dynamite? Like those were the things mm-hmm. I would do, like a liger or something like that. Like I didn't have a hand for it, but um, I was always interested in music. And according to my parents, I don't know if it's like the story they made up, but <laughs> because they say like our child is magnificent. But I used to play a lot of music by ear when I was about maybe a year and a half, two years old on our big piano. Mm. And I grew up on Frank Zappa, the Beach Boys, the Kinks and the Beatles. So that mm. was like our early music, but we also had boy band music. So we like my sister, I have an older sister who's four years older. So, you know, during the late nineties, we loved Britney Spears, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, like that was our stuff. 
So when we weren't listening to that music, we would hear my dad's music. And according to my dad, he used to pick the notes out by ear. So I was playing Smoke on Water by like a year and a half old. And um, music was just something that always interests me. Um, I didn't, I never thought I would be pursuing music. Um, I actually wanted to be a vet originally because I love dogs. I love animals. Like anyone that sees, like that knows me well, they're like, yeah, this this chick loves dogs. <laughs> so funny. Like people were like, oh yeah, you're the musician who likes dogs, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's me. Um, but I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, I was very shy growing up. So I had, um, I had like really bad anxiety. Um, and I had trouble at school. Like when I was a little kid, I um, had a, a speech delay. Mm. I had a processing delay. So it just, it simply means like, it just took me longer to figure out information and to process information. Um, very anxious, had terrible separation anxiety from my parents and my sister. Um, if I was at school, like really just would freak out. Um, what, what age was this? I, so this kind of started, I would say about three years old. Um, once, like, I remember going into preschool, I was like, oh my God, I have to be separated from my mom, you know? So it kind of, to be separated really scared me. But once I was at home, I could do what I want, you know? So it kind of was, I guess, perplexing for some of the teachers. Um, so my family really understood me. Um, I think once I started playing the cello, so... I, Keith, prob, Keith, you know this. Um, Gwendolyn, aka Dan, doesn't. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm originally a cellist, so when I was actually, I didn't, I didn't know that. You didn't know? Okay, yeah. A lot no. of people don't know that, but um, I started playing cello first when I was about ten years old. Um, and I can't tell you why I wanted to play it. It was just kind of that we. It was our. It was the last day of school. Um, in, in fifth, sorry, fourth grade. So in my district growing up, you started playing an instrument in fourth grade and took a summer music class. And I tried, I tried the trombone and it just wasn't for me. And the teacher was like, listen, she probably should <laughs> next year. Like, I don't know why I thought the little thing that you pull in and out to get the notes out was cool. And I played it and it just, you know, the teacher was like to my mother, you know what, maybe she should try next year. And I was like, bro, it's all good. Like, it's not my instrument. So the, we had, so moving like a year forward, I was in fourth grade going into fifth and we were ending general music class. And the teacher was like, well, wait, we have to check out the instruments. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I just want to go home. It's the last day of school. And this little girl um, had this cello and for some reason, I was just so attracted by it. I didn't know what it sounded like, didn't know really what it was, but I was like gravitated towards it. Mm. So my mom went to go pick me up. We lived right next door um, to the school. So we literally could walk. And I was like, mom, I got to play this instrument. And I was able to get into the summer music program um, in the school district in, in Northport. So um, it was a probably the one of the best memories of my childhood because I was able to interact with kids I could talk to kids I could be myself the anxiety never went away but um it just felt I, I had an identity to it 
and it just made me it just it was just probably like one of the most amazing things that ever happened to me at that age um it was such a pain in the neck to carry um i broke 12 <laughs> in my life um i actually had a nickname the cello chewer my did uh, you say you broke 12 cellos in one year <laughs> so like any anyone growing up like i still have teachers i keep in contact from like my middle school days like if they listen to this they'll be like yeah, she's definitely have dragged the cello around because it was so heavy, but I was also so disorganized that, I mean, I would be lying if I told you I wasn't disorganized to this day, but I like to think it's gotten better. But um, it, it was just so, I was just so disorganized. I remember just carrying it in the hallway and I would just drop it and it would just break. And my teacher would be like, Patrice, I, I can't, man, like the school can't keep it. They can't keep paying for this, you know? Um, I think it came to a point my teacher, my orchestra teacher, was paying out of pocket because he was like, you're breaking so many cellos. I, I can't do this with you. But um, it, I really excelled at it. So once I got into high school, like middle school, high school, I just started becoming more connected to music. So it, it really helped me get through those tough times because middle school for me was like the most awkward time. <laughs> you know, you're trying to figure out who you are. Um, you know, kids' attitudes, I like to say, can be hot and cold and you want to fit in and it's very difficult. So, you know, there was that. And I also had, you know, stuff going on at home where it was kind of a bit of a stressful environment. So I had a mother who started getting sick. And um, mm. we didn't know what was wrong. And it was like hospital visits every other week. And, you know, my dad's trying to be a parent and a husband and a caretaker to figure out what's wrong with his wife, like what's going on. And it just kind of made me feel alone at the time. So um, when my dad was working and when my older sister would be, you know, either out with her friends, you know, or working her high school job, I'd be at home. And I would kind of just go through my parents' CDs and I would listen to the Beatles, like, you know, the Kinks, the Rolling Stones. And it was like, it literally saved my life. It, it just, I mean, I could not, I don't know how I would be able to get by. I think Hey Jude was like my song at the time because of that comfort that that kid was getting, you know, because that song was written about Julian Lennon as a little boy going through John Lennon's and his first wife's divorce. And it was like a comfort song. So it just really comforted me in that time when I was like in seventh grade, eighth grade um, to get through those hard times. Um, so that's when the guitar came in. So I was already two years into playing the cello and um, I got this guitar and it was like the most difficult instrument at the time. Um, I couldn't make heads or tails out of it because cello is, you're playing one note like you can play multiple notes on the cello um you can play chords you can play things called double stops which is like you know your chords but it's not really a chordal instrument um with the guitar i'm playing a g chord and you're like wow i have to play more than one note and i have to switch them all at the same time so it really was difficult but i started picking it up when i was about 14 two years later after getting my guitar and i had this little Australian former rock star teach me how to play um, <laughs> guitar. His name was Warren Slater. And he owned this little shop in um, the village of Northport. Um, so 
the the village in Northport, um, it's like this it's like this little boater town. Like it's like it's a really nice town. Like um, I don't know if you know the song "Teenage Dirtbag" um, from that band Weedus from the late nineties. Um, <laughs> I I don't know the song nor the band. Nor the band. Okay, it? it was like a it was like no. a, if you if you like if you hear it on the radio, it you're like oh, okay, like like I can't I don't really have the access to it at the moment, but um, there was a like a band from this town that had a hit song called Teenage Dirtbag, and mm. um, the Broadway actress Patty Lapone, she's from that town, so it's a really cool like artsy kind of town. So um, this little Australian guy from Sydney had this shop, and um, he would sell like his artwork and like stuff from like you know like. Vegemite, like he had Vegemite in his little shop. Which... What, what is Vegemite? Do you have, so I'm assuming you bought some Vegemite from him, or maybe he would have made you a sandwich. <laughs> no, um, so Vegemite is kind of like an equivalent of like Austra- like Australia's peanut butter. It's, it's nasty. It's nasty. It's totally right? nasty. Yeah, I, I um, so I was into the band Men at Work at the time. Oh, good band. I, yeah, it's a good band. They actually opened up for the this my teacher's band when they were big in Australia. They were wow. called Electric Panda. That was the name of the band. And he was like, yeah, they opened up for us. And I said, you know, I'm listening to Land Down Under. What is Vegemite? And he was like, oh, I have some right here. And he's showing it to me. I'm like, you're totally from Australia. You have Vegemite, like, in the corner of your store. Like, it's, you know, it's, like, very popular over there. But it's, like, an extremely salty, peanut buttery kind of substance. But Mm. he had this in his shop. So he would close his shop when we would have guitar lessons and he would teach me guitar. Um, so long story short, um, I ended up going to a, a school out in Long Island, a music and art school called Five Towns College. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Like, it's like, a, I call it a baby school. Cause it's a, I, I have, yeah. You have, okay. So, Keith, yeah. yeah. It's like, um, a school out in like Dix Hills. I actually live right near it now. Um, cause I moved out closer to, um, that school. But um, it, I kind of was like exposed to the music scene over there. So I went from a kid listening to like classical music and 60s rock music from like the baby boom era to like rap music to like hip hop, R&B, jazz. Um, I, I, I kind of just was, it was a culture shock. Like we had kids coming out from the city going to this school and there would be like rap battles in the hallway. And I hated rap as a kid. And of course, my parents being baby boomers, they would teach me that rap is crap. But <laughs> but kids would have like rap battles or like they would just randomly start, you know, making their own beats, either using, you know, mouth percussion. I don't know what the hell to call it, but you know, the oh, beatboxing. Beatboxing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> beatboxing. I, I, that should be a new thing. Mouth percussion. I'd be like, what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> um, so they would use like beatboxing. And I thought it was so cool. And I just found myself like listening to Nas's Illmatic in my car. My mom's like, this is not you. And I was like, I know, but this is really good. And um, I just got exposed to music, but I was very shy at performing. And I started singing like at 19, but I only did it in a group. So I discovered singing, but I didn't believe I was the best singer. Um, I was playing in the orchestra and I also studied guitar on the side. So I was like a bit of a renaissance woman like going from one thing to another and I ended up graduating uh 
in 2015 with a degree in music, um, bachelor's in music in, in, a min- in a minor in like audio studies. So when I graduated, my whole thing was I wanted to be like a music producer. I wanted to be like the next Quincy Jones. But um, when I graduated, I was like pretty much a lot of people in their early 20s. What the hell am I going to do? Like, where do I start? And I was living with my parents at that point. And I was like, shit, I need a job. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry to curse. Sorry. Please, please. No, you're, you're allowed to curse. We, we, <laughs> we, we put the explicit thing on it. It's oh, okay. Just, you know, That's we. the only word you'll hear me say. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, I, you know, music teacher, I'm always around, like, kids like that. Like, I think I just, like, it depends. Like, there's a time and place to use it. But um, I was like, what am I going to do? I'm living with my parents. I, I, I need a job. Um, and I ended up working for a law firm for an insurance company. And, um, I just like was doing that for about, I would say seven years. I mean, I'm still with this job to this day. Um, so I'm grateful to this job, but I, I just wasn't doing music. I kind of just was existing. Mm. And I was like between the age of like 22 to 24, I was like, I need to find myself, dude. Like, what's, what am I doing? And um, <laughs> at that point, I was um, seeing a therapist, right? Because, you know, I was like, I, I need help. I need someone to pull me out of this. And my therapist was like, dude, I'm not going to see you anymore if you're not going to, if you're going to keep coming to me and not say that you're going to play music because um, you're not trying. And I was like, okay, so like, what do you want from me? And he was like, I want you to play an open mic. I was like, okay. So what, how many, this is how many years ago? Like six ish? Um, actually, so I was 24. So when I started to like try to address these issues, like, cause there was just a lot of personal stuff. Right. So, um, at the time my mom was actually, um, she actually had organ failure. So she, oh. there was that, there was just a lot of tension in our family. I had, you know, the, I was struggling in my job. So 24, I was trying to figure out, like, I, I kind of started trying to address the issues. 26, I would say, 25, 26 was when I had to really start doing something. So I would say, like, 25, um, 26 was when I really started to kind of start to get the ball rolling with playing music. Mm. Um, so here I am seeing this, you know, male therapist, which have never done before but I wanted a challenge and he was like I'm not here to mess around like you got to try and Mm. it scared me but I knew he was I knew him because that was his that's basically I still see this guy to this day and he's saved my life basically he was like listen you he's like you either try or get out (laughs) so um so I started playing open mics and the one thing I think the message to to you know, that I always like to tell people is that, like, if you feel like you suck, do it anyway. Like, you got to act as if. Um, I started doing open mics, and I thought that I was going to get judged and make mistakes. And I made mistakes, but it was, I did it. And it was the whole, okay, do it again. And I played another open mic, and it was the whole, do it again. And then I had a friend reach out to me saying, um, her son wanted to learn how to play the cello. So I started teaching cello and guitar and songwriting and like music theory. So I started teaching that 
And then I did this whole, what happens if I was to go back to school? You know, the whole act as if. So my friend was like, why don't you apply and go to music school for um, like be, becoming a music teacher? Because this was something I also always wanted to do. And a lot of the schools out on Long Island, you know, were private schools and I didn't, you know, I couldn't do a private school. I couldn't do school during the day, but I came across Queens College, Aaron Copeland School of Music. And um, I applied and miraculously I got in. So um, I go there part-time and I'm get, becoming, um, in order to be a certified New York State music teacher. And um, so I do that, you know, was teaching, but I had to give up the teaching for a little bit. And then, you know, with the pandemic and, you know, things being so crazy with like the economy and stuff, I was like, what am I going to do? So I started performing professionally and I started professionally on my own about 11 months ago, believe it or not. It was very recent. So here I am 20 years, um, you know, of having music and well, pretty much my whole life having music being trained 20 years almost of playing music and now pursuing it professionally. And um, it's definitely awesome. I love doing it. Um, majority of the time I play in Long Island because I'm from there. Um, I just got my first gig in New York City um, in Little Italy at a restaurant called Lunella. Um, so that's- That's, that is awesome. Yeah, it's really <laughs> awesome. It's just, it's really cool and um, you know, I started playing there. I started playing around Staten Island. And then I started songwriting. And, you know, I started going backwards a little bit. But at the beginning of the year, I was in lockdown in my friend's camper because my parents, who I still live with right now as I'm in school, um, they got COVID. So I was like, oh, damn, I got to get out of here <laughs> I gotta go. because I didn't want to be in close proximity with them. So my cello student's father you know, who's a good friend of mine, you know, his parents are very good friends of mine. They're like, go live in our camper for a little bit until it's safe to come home. <laughs> so are you, you're still living in a camper right now? No, 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 not oh. right now. This was 10 days quarantine lockdown. So this was in January of this year. Okay. So, so actually, no, it was December. So it was like New Year's Eve. Cause I remember when the ball dropped, I couldn't go outside because everyone was outside. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to chill out in here, guys. I love you. What could, so wait, is it like, um, you know, like a fancy motorhome type of thing? Yeah. Or is it just like a... It, it was really fancy. It was nice. Yeah. It was like the nice, it was like a $60,000 motor, motorhome. It's awesome. And I was living in it and I like never was really like by myself for that long. So here I am sleeping and I have like these melodies in my head. And I was like, what the hell is this? So I stumble out of bed, record it on my guitar with like a few vocals and then I would go back to sleep and then would come back to it and play it again. So I started songwriting and um, I was invited to go do a showcase out for uh, this organization called Long Island Songwriters Showcase. And um, right now there's about close to 30 song ideas. Three have been completed and um, it's my goal by my 30th birthday, because I'm 29 now, is to have an EP done. So, um, you know, we've been working on it. Um, I have a friend of mine from college who actually just recently moved out to Nashville. Um, you know, 
is helping me out with that with production. Cool. So it's, it's really awesome. So basically, uh, you know, that's been my story. That's pretty much my story. Um, I'm pretty much, you know, all over the place with my story, but it kind of just took me through, you know, twists and turns. And I just, I just ended up here and, um, it's, it's definitely a blessing. It's, it's definitely possible to do. Um, I love being able to teach and play. Um, we actually, I say we, whoever we is, I guess me, myself, and I, um, <laughs> uh, I actually did, a this volunteer job uh, out in Westbury, um, like in Nassau County uh, at a school. So they had this career day thing for little kids. And a friend of mine reached out and was like, who would be interested in doing it? And I just shot up my hand and I was like, I'll do it because it sounded interesting and I could, you know, work with kids and have an experience as a budding teacher. And it's basically a career day where like police officers would come in and, um, you know, they had like, I think uh, people from like news media come in like, and here I am coming in as a professional musician and as a teacher and I'm telling little kids, hey, you can do this too. And it was so scary because there's that stigma of being told what happens if you don't make it. And I, here I am sitting in front of four-year-old little kids saying that it's possible. So we did this whole, because now schools are like a lot about mental health and wellness. So mm. it was just really cool to kind of have that positive reinforcement to little kids. But we also jammed to Dave Matthews. So Keith definitely, definitely knows this because Keith, you've seen my videos all the time, me playing Dave Matthews. Yep. Um, so I asked the teacher who I was working with, I'm like, can I play every day from Dave Matthews? Like, there's no cursing in it. There's no, there's nothing bad in that song. They can sing it, right? And um, we actually did a jam. So we were like, we're going to pretend like we're at Jones Beach. You know, Jones Beach, your mommy and daddy goes out there to have a concert, whatever that music is. And we're going to pretend like there's 20,000 people and we're going to sing the chorus every day. So it's, it was just, it's been such a cool experience. So uh that's basically my story. Um, what what questions do you guys have for me? I'll bring you guys. I, that's I, I don't that's know. awesome. So I, I want to say, first of all, that this is the best thing about having a podcast mm -hmm. is that, and thank you for that story. Um, because uh, first of all, this so far has been one of the easiest interviews ever. Oh, that's great. <laughs> because you had like the whole story yeah. <laughs> right? oh yeah i could tell stories for days like yeah <laughs> so that's number one number two so it's it's really great to have um to, because the podcast medium is just like you know it's like you're the star you know and it's mm -hmm. just like and 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 actually it suits you i think it's um like you 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 speak of yourself so well Oh, thank you. That I that I think this is very valuable. So, like, you know, one day when you're famous, people will come back to this show and be like, "Wow, this is like, you know, this is cool." She's she's, she's a complete rock star, so, which is awesome. <laughs> so that's the one number one thing. I also wanted to kind of make a joke mm -hmm, sure. um, that your that your uh, it's kind of hilarious that your muse is the Winnebago Company. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I should be you like should... the poster woman, like on there, the poster child, poster woman, poster child, be like. If Patrice Ride could do it, so could anyone else, you know? Yeah, like I had the worst writer's block ever. <laughs> but, and I just, all I needed to do was cross the threshold, the, <laughs> you know, the, like that one step up into a new world. It's like, 
you know, it was just like, maybe it's like, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Let's leave it to the Winnebago, like, you know, marketing people to figure yeah. out what the story is. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's like sort of like you're stepping up into like the cloudy suspension, you know, and like the rubber is on the road. So there's no connection with the, There's no, there's no like, you know, electric connection. So you're almost like, you're like almost above everything in a way. And that's where you were able to like really receive the, the message from, you know, the ethereal message from the universe. Yes. You know, was, wasn't until you were able to get into that, that sleeper coach and really like, let yourself, you know, let yourself, you know, let your, let your, let your, um, your creative mind go. Yeah. So that, that's the, um, that's kind of hilarious, but also like a kind of a cool angle. Not not an angle, but like it's definitely unique. <laughs> yeah, who who would have thought? You know, um, you know, you're stuck in this camper, and it, it kind of. I was so proud of myself because this is like completely random, but I learned how to like use like an old fashioned stove. I mean, like Little House on the Prairie stove. I call it, <laughs> um, where you know I thought, oh, you have to turn the burner on. No, you have to light a match underneath that like oven, and it turns on by itself. And I was like, oh my god, I'm so proud of myself. Forget about the songwriting for the moment. You know, I learned how to yeah. use an old fashioned stove. But yeah, it, um, but on a serious note, it's it, it, like you talk about the universe because I, I really believe that things are brought here for a reason. And I think that camper, pretty much, because at the time I felt bad about it. Um, I was like, you know what, I'm staying in my friend's camper. They they use it for travel. So they, they're kind of like the, you know, the Clark Griswold family in the summer, except nothing get bad goes wrong for them. <laughs> <laughs> they won't appreciate that comparison. <laughs> no, they will. Believe me. If they listen to it, they'll start laughing. Like, they're just that kind of family where they're like, oh, yeah, that's totally us. And um, they, you know, will take road trips to, like, Universal. And, like, that's a far trip from, you know, Long Island. But um, they just... I felt bad. I'm like, oh my God, I'm using their camper, but they offered it to me. And they, at the time they just bought it. So they were like, listen, Patrice, like, this is, maybe this is a sign that we bought it immediately for you to stay in. So you kind of broke into it for us. And I was like, okay, we're good then. We're all good. Pretty cool. But yeah. It's like you said, it, I really think it was a blessing. And if Winnebago hears about this, they totally have my stamp of approval. <laughs> now, that might not have been a Winnebago. It might've been a Monaco coach. I don't know. Those are the only two brands I'm aware of. Ooh, you know what? Maybe we should phone a friend, like, in, you know, <laughs> yeah. millionaire. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire kind of thing? But yes, yeah. <laughs> we have to get. Maybe if I'm back on the show again, I'll. We'll definitely. I'll definitely give you an update on what brand that is. But Winnebago is like the first thing that comes to mind. So. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um. Yeah. So. So actually. So a lot of the story um a lot of the story caught my ear i guess mm -hmm. i could say um i think similarly when i was young um the beatles were a big influence and i think like there's something universal about the beatles like they're so quintessential in a way yeah that when you listen to um when you listen to them at a young age uh and the, and their musicality is so natural in some ways you know like it's right. so i think it's like one of the uh i don't know one of the musically healthiest um like uh entrees into music um one of the purest like ways to get into music and a friend of mine who likes the stones better than the beatles you know the, the, it's a it's a dubious comparison yeah. but he always says like the beatles are like kids music and the, the stones are for adults and i can see where he's coming from but i think like 
any anybody who listens to the Beatles when they're young sort of, you know, like has like a sensibility about music that's sort of ingrained um, from that point on. Now that's contrasting with you did mention Frank Zappa. <laughs> it couldn't be like okay. like Frank Zappa is like pretty frenetic. I know Dan is a huge Frank Zappa fan, oh, and I, nice. I like Frank Zappa, but I'm not like a huge fan. Oh, same. But that's that's a very like um you know off the wall thing to be liking when you're when you were young. Yeah, you know what? Oh no, I didn't. Be- oh, believe me, I didn't listen to it by choice. I actually used to cry when my dad would put it on. I don't <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. Like, Jim, so my parents' names are Jim and Maxine. So my mom was like, Jim, turn this off. You're scaring the children, like kind of thing in the, in the car. And he's like, all right, let's put on some Britney Spears. And then we start, you know, but um, it's- That's funny. You know, I, there's like a memory, like my parents will always laugh about it. So for Father's Day, it was either Father's Day or my dad's birthday, which is in August. Um, we went to this record shop and one of the albums, if Dan knows, so if Dan, like if you're a big fan, not testing you, but- um, if you know the album Weasels Rip My Flesh, that's like the name of one of the albums he has. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I know. Of yeah. course. We were supposed to get that for his birthday. And my mom, I was like five years old, and she thought it would be funny for me to personally tell the record salesman what I wanted to get my dad for, you know, mm-hmm. Father's Day, a.k.a. whatever whatever celebration of life for him it was. So my mom was like, now tell the gentleman what you want to buy daddy for his birthday, let's just say. And I was like, weasels ripped my flesh. I was five. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, we got the album. And I remember being freaked out and weird out, weirded out. I was like, did this guy forget like like a razor, like a Gillette razor? And he had to use like a weasel to, I, I didn't understand it. But like, I remember hearing like 200 motels. Um, I know there was a movie, like Ringo Starr was in it. Like I've never seen it, but it was just naturally like around the house. So, um, you know, my dad's, well, my cousins who are like, I would say they're Gen X. So they were born in the late seventies, like mid to late seventies. So when my dad was around them, um, he would play Frank Zappa. So they were even influenced by it. Um, but like anyone that knows my dad, they know, they know Frank Zappa. Um, I can tell you a few of his pieces and songs the thing about frank zappa is that what amazes me about frank is that like i'm talking like he's my friend um the amazing thing about (laughs) frank is that he was self-taught and he was a phenomenal composer um he originally um you know hearing in interviews that my dad would play or watching there was just a um a documentary that was made um the guy who was in bill and ted um not keanu reeves the other guy Uh, i don't know his name i don't know his name either but he directed this documentary on frank zappa and it was phenomenal and frank originally wanted to be um, a a, a classical composer and he didn't want to play guitar but he's a killer guitarist but you listen to these like pieces like peaches and regalia and it's like so bizarre but it's like classically beautiful um but he was self-taught um composer um and i was self-taught in music theory at first it took such a long time because i didn't understand music theory and um i when i realized i wanted to pursue music i wanted to study um, i wanted to take this class at my high school so um my music teacher his name is frank doyle um he actually played um 
he was a music producer, um, I think in the 80s, like he worked with Julian Lennon, he's worked with Madonna, um, Leonard Bernstein, his daughter, I, to my knowledge, that was the, um, the credits that he told me about, because, you know, it was such a long time ago, I was like 16 or, actually, I was like 14 years old um, when I heard this guy's story, but he also played in Meatloaf, and he was a sport <laughs> player, mm. and he just I wanted to study with this guy so bad and it, it was actually a blessing that I studied with this guy because he's just such a talented musician like walk into the classroom and he would be playing Paradise by the Dashboard Light like on piano in the background while we're sitting waiting for class to start mm-hmm. and um, I really struggled in the class at first because I didn't understand key signatures I didn't understand chords um, I didn't understand um, like ear training and all of that. So I had to teach myself how to do it because you couldn't catch up in that class unless you took, you know, you had an understanding of music theory. So um, I kind of, you know, give a round of applause to someone like Frank Zappa who could do that back then. Um, but, you know, Frank Zappa, he's not, some, it's not something like I would say little kids would listen to. Um, the beat, <laughs> yeah, like I just, I can't believe I actually listened to it. Um, but I would say the Beach Boys was a really excellent foundation. Um, Paul McCartney was saying, you know, I, if I want to expose my kids to weird music, aka weird music, I just put on pet sounds because that to me is like elementary, um, experimental music. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I still get chills when I hear good vibrations. Um, not the Marky Mark version, <laughs> but you know, every, every time I hear, like I say, good vibrations, I, for some reason I think of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, but um, it's just, you know, the harmonies and, and just the whole production of that album is just amazing. It's beautiful. It yeah. is. Um, but going back to what you said about the Beatles, um, you know, I never really realized that. Um, yeah, like the Rolling Stones... I was listening to at 15 and I was so naive about some of the stuff that they were singing and talking about, like, you know, in their music. I still am. I I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I'm almost 30 years old and I'm like, Oh, is that what he means? Um, But with the Beatles, they actually taught me how to be a kid. And um, you know, it sounds like kind of corny and cliche not to knock myself, but you know, when you said it's very kid-like, like what your friend said, it's very kid-like. Um, it just taught me how to embrace being a teenager. Um, I was actually jealous of the baby boom. I'm like, you guys had the great music. You had Woodstock. Um, I like knew like some of like my elders that went to Woodstock. Like um, I had a teacher in high school who went and I was like, oh man, I want to go to Woodstock. And he's like, no, he's like, you would have been too young, you know, but um, Uh he's right. You know, I was 15. I, think I would not come back the same but um, <laughs> I would not come back the same but it just it was just such amazing music I remember someone was asking me what do you like why do you like the Beatles and I said I can't I can't tell you why like seeing them on like Ed Sullivan in 1964 on YouTube so like my parents were seven when they were on Ed Sullivan and they saw them live I saw them what 40 over 40 years later on YouTube so how crazy is that so you know, being 13 years old, seeing them play and smile and they were just so engaged. That's what I loved about it. And I, I felt like I didn't really find that with some of the music I grew up with. Um, and it's funny, I ended up going back to, after Five Towns, I ended up going back to the pop music. So 
um, you know, on Long Island, um, there's, there's a lot of classic rock bands. There's a lot of, you know, baby boomers who still play, you know, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and um, oh my gosh, who else? I'm trying to think, Jackson Brown, all those music from the 60s and 70s that I love and respect. But sometimes, like for me, I'll play that music, but I kind of lean more towards 90s because mm-hmm. I like being able to take a song like Hit Me Baby one more time and making it, actually, you know what, scratch that. I'll tell you what the, what's a really good song that I love to use. Um, that's kind of become my signature. I like to think it's become my signature. Um, is um, the Spice Girls song "Say You'll Be There," and I kind of try to make it oh, my own. Which which one is that? I don't even know. Uh, hold on, it's um, I'll sing it for you. I'll sing it. Put me on the spot, Keith. I see what you're doing. Or Gwendolyn. <laughs> Never talking, <laughs> Dad. Um, it's um, I. Giving you everything. Oh yeah, of that course. One? Yeah. So that's where. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that, that one. one. So I was like, what would it sound like on guitar? And I kind of, I try to make it into like an acoustic, rugged version of that song. And yep. like, that's the thing I love about music is like I like taking something that people can that say like, ew, why would you play that on guitar, or why would you perform that? Um, because people think, okay, in sync you can't do something like that. I'm like, no, you can. Like I do um, tearing up my heart, you know, from Insane, um, you know, those songs. So, well, actually, that just reminded me of something. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the pop? This is pop. This is documentary oh, on, Netflix. on Netflix. You know, what? I just started watching it. And for some reason, I stopped watching it. I don't know why I got distracted with another series. That's Netflix for you. Yeah, um, you, you um, <laughs> if you get to the episode about how all the hits from that era came and actually and, and ongoing came from like this one Swedish studio. Oh, okay. And it's, it's, it's the most, it's, there's a, it's a multi-episode um, series, but that one particular series was so bonkers because I think it was like, I feel like it was like Britney's biggest hits, Backstreet Boys' biggest hits, um, and on and on. Katy Perry and, you know, stuff like that. Right. So, oh, wow. You know, so it's, it's like, um, it's pretty, it's pretty shocking how many hits came from one studio and actually just like one team of songwriters really okay i heard i remember hearing about britney spears album her debut album came from a swedish studio i didn't know it was the rest of like the other like pop artists that yeah. that's new to me it's gonna um, blow your mind oh my god it's gonna be like poof <laughs> but um it's such a great album i remember i remember this was 1998 so i was born 93 so, like, when I tell people, like, the year I was born, like, people were like, you're making me feel old. I'm like, I don't know why. But, yeah. um, but so I was five. And I remember I was with my older sister, who is, I think, nine at the time. And um, my mom was like, come in the house. Britney Spears is on TRL, if you guys remember that show. Yes. MTV with Carson Daly with, the like, the frosted tips. Um, and I remember, I didn't know who Britney Spears was at that time, but it was her music video for hit me baby one more time was on air and we were i think it was the summer of 98 so we were like outside playing sprinkler and we had towels on i remember like dancing to it i thought it was the coolest thing um and we actually ended up getting 
the album. I think my sister had it on cassette, so we had it on a Walkman, and it actually melted in the sun because it, it just destroyed. <laughs> I know, like random fun fact, but when I think of Britney Spears' "Hit Me Baby One More Time," I think of a little girl's heartbreak because her cassette got ruined in the sun <laughs> on a summer day. But um, yeah, it's that's amazing. Now I have to watch it. So do, I'll do you? Yeah, you, you'll get a kick out of it. You, you've mentioned a lot of. Um, you've mentioned a lot of bands, but what would you say is like your biggest influence or like, you know, top, you know, few? Um, wow. It's, it's really hard to say. Um, I'd be surprised saying this now, but I would say Dave Matthews band now. Yeah. Um, so I never would have expected to be a Dave Matthews fan. Um, believe it or not, I kind of share this and no one will ever know who the, like who this person is, but, um, this was years ago. I was actually not that long ago. I'm trying to make it all mysterious, but there was this musician who liked Dave Matthews and I got, in, I wanted to listen to Dave Matthews to get this guy's attention. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> uh, it just, it didn't work. And I was like, okay, you know, what? it's not going to work, but I'll stick around and listen to this guy. And um, what I like about Dave Matthews is his songwriting. I, his songwriting is just so unique. It's like, you're literally just, I don't want to say reading a storybook. It's more to it than that. Like you're literally looking inside this guy's mind. The lyrics are just so, um, they're just so, I don't want to say like, they're just so deep, like Uh for lack of better terms. um, His guitar playing is crazy. I like to think it makes me a better guitarist playing certain songs. Um, It's so much more than Crash Into Me, which is like his signature, which is what I always play. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. but like his original stuff, like his like solo stuff, like uh, I think off of his album, Some Devil, I think that's the name of the album. Um, stay, to, uh, stay or Leave, like that is just such a cool song. And I love playing it at my gigs. Um, and it's just I never would have thought I would be influenced, but he's definitely the biggest influence um, so far. Oh. I um I I will I have a confession also yeah, sure. is that I um and also by the way Dan Dan texted me that he's having connectivity issues. Oh okay. So he he may have dropped because he said um he was having issues like uh, like hearing the conversation even mm-hmm. and he said you know he's like you might as well just assume that I'm not here okay. um which is okay you know we'll yeah. just we'll keep moving on. Yeah sure. Um uh I when I was in high school Yes, when I was in high school, especially my senior year of high school, which is actually, it was either sophomore, no, I'm sorry, it was either junior, senior year when Crash, the album Crash came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was absolutely obsessed with Dave <laughs> Matthews, and I learned almost every song on Under the Table and Dreaming. Oh, I'm so jealous of you. <laughs> and quite a few, and quite a few on Crash. And I was, even in my, even in my, I guess it was probably my freshman year of college, I was known as the guy who played all the Dave Matthews songs. Oh, nice. And I actually got in trouble um, at a performance in my performance class in college because I sounded so much like Dave Matthews. (laughs) So I got, I got, um, yeah, I got like, uh, you know, I, I thought I was so proud, like to get up in front of the class and play this song that was like, I can't, it was probably Dancing Nancy's because that was kind of like my signature song. 
Oh, cool. And okay. and they were just like, you know, that's not that sucked. Oh they were like you you didn't bring anything new to it <laughs> it's like oh that's you're right i actually didn't i was trying to <laughs> emulate him one per 100 yeah wow i, I see so, i would have been proud i would i mean i don't know who your teacher was or what school but like i would have been like bravo to you i mean it's you know i've heard that where people are like where's your style to it um and by the way, I applaud you. And I have like, I wouldn't say jealousy, slight envy that you've learned all those songs from, I mean, cause I'm literally like stuck at Dancing Nancy's. That mm -hmm. song, oof, man. Like, especially like in the beginning, like, cause you, you know, Dave, like he would be an excellent cellist. Cause he has like the, like he has like, his hands can stretch when he's mm -hmm. on that neck. Um, I mean. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appropriated some of the, I, well, I shouldn't say, I, I didn't appropriate them. I, I had to adjust some of the fingerings because mm -hmm. um, it was a little light. Well, Dancing Nancy is not so much in terms of stretching, but um, there's one, I think, like, like Satellite. The way Dave plays Satellite mm -hmm. is is really um, is a lot the of stretching chord. and a lot the, of... Uh, the nine chords, the one, five, nine. Yeah. Yes. Oh, hi, Dan. Dan's back. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm cutting in and out, but I know the chords you're talking about. That's the same yeah. uh, in um, every it's, step you take or every breath you take. The yeah, police song, the police the same song, chord. the police chord as well. Yeah, and it's 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 the stretching and also the jumping around. Mm -hmm. But I I figured out how to play it in one position, so you don't have to jump around. Because imagine like you're singing in. Well, you don't need to imagine. You know how hard it is. Oh, you're yeah. singing into a microphone. You have to look forward, and you can't look down at your guitar. But you're having to move one fret two frets back two frets up one fret you know like it's fraught with you know the the dangers are just you're you you, you almost can't help but be off at some point yeah the way the way he plays it yeah it's an it's inevitable um i know for me um i actually play the original fingering but i keep the chords in the same place when you go into the pre-chorus um there's so many things that are going on with that song and I love it, but the whole using your uh, head voice, you know, because he sings with a falsetto. But right. for me, um, like, you know, because I'm always practicing singing, so the joy of, like, you know, being with my parents, I'll just randomly start doing, like, exercises at home. So I'm, like, doing like, all these, like, vocal warm-ups at like, Iron outside of, <laughs> like, your New York City apartment, um, <laughs> you know, and I'm always working on you know that part so there's so much stuff going on but um it's like kind of like a game where it's like okay let's see if i can keep it in one take and sometimes you don't um i mean for me speaking you don't but um it's 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 a fun song but it's also a pain in the ass to play sometimes because you're like mm. damn it like don't drink the water i love um i don't um, this sounds like blasphemy in the Dave Matthews community. Uh, I don't like the record version. I love the Radio City live version. That's my mm. favorite version from 2007 with Tim Reynolds. Mm -hmm. um, I I I would I would want to I want to play like Tim Reynolds. I'm obsessed with. That. Oh yeah, that album. <laughs> yeah, just amazing guitarist. But um, you know, like I've always played. You know, because it's in drop D tuning. So, mm. you know, um, one of the things I'm guilty of playing, because um, what I also like about Dave is that his strumming, right? So, 
I used to play kind of like a Neil Young kind of style where Neil Young kind of uses a lot of like forearm forearm action, like while, mm-hmm. you know, his songs. He um, kind of bashes the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> I, used to, I used to play like that. And um, my last teacher, he was actually uh, a classmate of mine at Five Pounds. And he's like, he wanted to teach me how to play funk. So he was like, use a rubber wrist. And I'm like, bro, I can't. <laughs> like, and I'm trying. But for some reason, what I started doing was Dave kind of helped me learn how to become a faster strummer. But I cheat. Because what I do is I don't play with a pick sometimes. So I use like my nails and my, um, and my thumb and um, mm. index finger. And some guitarists, they're like, girl, you got to play with a pick. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, sometimes I do. You know, sometimes I do. But I love having that free hand action um where i can just strum really fast as as much as i want to so with don't drink the water it's like i i can have fun with it because um dave in some of the recordings there was one he did right at the middle of the pandemic 2020 um for farm aid um where he does a really fast version of uh don't drink the water and i'm just like following along with it it's just it's so much fun dave like i i can't say enough about him um, like, again, I, I actually, how I found out about Dave Matthews was, um, he was in a, a kid's movie when I was like in sixth grade called Because of Winn-Dixie. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It's like a children's book, but. No, what is it called? Because of Winn-Dixie. That's the name of the, the, um, the movie. And it came out like in 2004. So it's about this like little girl who finds a dog in a, a Winn-Dixie grocery store. So it's in the South because they have a lot of those chains down there, Winn-Dixie. Yep. And um, he plays like a pet shop owner in the movie. I have no idea who this guy is. He was kind of a weird dude in the movie. But my dad's like, oh, that was Dave Matthews. And he was just this guy who owned a pet store and he played guitar and it like calmed the animals down, which was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> that's how I was introduced to Dave Matthews. Um, but yeah, that because you know he also does acting. Some people say that he looks like Adam Sandler. I kind of respectfully disagree, but that's that's me. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're yeah, like if you're squinting really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're squinting yeah. really hard, maybe you know uh, if you really try. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, listen, I, I, nothing against Adam Sandler. I love Adam Sandler, but. Um, I, I can't really see those two. Maybe if he was like a first cousin, maybe. He's like, oh yeah, that's my cousin. Okay, yeah. Okay, I can see the slight resemblance with like the hairline. Just the hairline, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, so. Uh, uh, cool. Pretty cool, pretty cool. So so listen, we, we usually keep these to about an hour. Mm-hmm. And we're coming up on an hour. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow, wow. It was, I mean, time flies. We, we didn't. We got to like three of the ten questions that we had prepared. That's <laughs> well, actually, I, should, I, should, I shouldn't say that. You know, we it, like you covered a lot. So the, some of them, you know, we we could have dove in a little deeper on certain things. But I think, like, you know, for for us, it's just really great to just you know have like a candid conversation and let the conversation go wherever it will. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and I think you did a wonderful job just you know telling your story and and um, you know giving everyone uh you know like a peek inside like the real you and i'm so happy to like connect with you um you know i got a good feel for for you and you seem like a great person on top of being a great musician oh thank you so much thank you so um 
so yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Um, and actually, and this has been one of the in- easiest interviews, um, we've ever given. <laughs> yeah, by far. You're a, you're a, you're a good, um, you're a good speaker. Like you definitely know how to, um, express yourself. Oh, thank you. I mean, who, yeah. who would have known like the person who couldn't even say a word as a little kid who knew? Uh, well, you know, really, I, I think yeah. that's a thing. I think that's yeah. a, sometimes I think people who are who maybe come to it a little bit later or take their time, you know, there's a theory that they're just waiting until they have something to say, you know, yeah. or wait until they're ready, you know, and like now that you're there, you're there. Yeah, that's you know, the amazing so. thing about it. You're like, it's always there, but like yeah. something just taps in. You're like, all right, the doors are open. So it's amazing. I'm so I'm so happy to be on here. And thank you guys so, so much. And thank you. Yeah, so, so we would... Um, there's two things we want to do before we let you go. Yeah, of course. Number one is say what where, where people can find you again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you said because you said Facebook, and I'm grateful that you use Facebook because you know I'm I'm Gen X, so <laughs> yeah, you know, and you and actually I did want to just say like you, your presence on Facebook is is enviable, and. Um, it's it's impressive you seem to you're like one of the hardest if not the hardest working musician on my facebook feed because it seems like you're always gigging so you know good for you that's great yeah um yeah so tell people where tell people where to find you again yeah so if you go on facebook um if you type in patrice p-a-t-r-i-c-e ryan r-y-a-n dash musician so it's patrice ryan musician you'll find me on facebook um that's where you can find me uh there's also instagram which i use as a secondary source but it's p ryan music dot lessons that's where you can also find me um so facebook is more like you said you know acting as gen x but facebook is like the bigger platform so if you find me on facebook um there's not that many patrice ryan's out there there is a pet psychic named patrice ryan so it's either her or me um, so if you type in Patrice Ryan musician, you'll find me on Facebook and you'll find upcoming shows. Um, my next upcoming show, um, if, I, I know Dan, you're in Richmond. Um, but you know, I always share recordings, but, um, um, Keith, so the next show I'm at, um, I'm at a farmer's market in St. James, New York in Suffolk County, Long Island. Um, that's mm-hmm. on June 11th. Uh, my next show will be in New York city in little Italy. Um, at Lunella restaurant. So that's on Mulberry street. So, um, the, you'll find that on Facebook as well. Yeah. We'll the... put, and we'll put links to your stuff on our, uh, you know, on our page too. And so, uh, anyone who follows our show will be able to get awesome. over, see your stuff and your gigs. Awesome. Yep. And so the, and the last, the very last thing is I did hear you say that you are working on an EP. Yeah. We're it's in the developmental stages right now, like getting songs together, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the goal is hopefully like by my 30th, before my 30th birthday, uh, is to have the EP out. Um, okay. so yeah, working on that right now. So we're in the very beginning stages of that. Great. So, so when you have it, when you're, you know, I mean, so but bottom line is, um, you're always welcome back on the show. Oh, thank you. Um, so if you, when you are ready to put it out or when it first comes out, just let us know. Absolutely. And then come back and we'll talk about it. You'll be the first to know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so 
Patrice, really wonderful. Awesome chatting with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. We need people like you um, to put yourself out there uh, like you are. Thank you so uh, much. Which is really appreciated. Yeah, no, thank you. And I'm so happy to finally be on here. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm scared. Like I'm never going to get a chance on here. And here I am. So. Oh, you'll, yeah, you'll get a chance. <laughs> yeah. was like, wait, are you ready to be on the show yet? And I was like, when I'm done with school, Keith. Um, oh, but, yeah, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm so happy we got a chance to do this. So thank you so, so much. Yeah, same, same. Our, it is our pleasure. Okay. So awesome. Talk to you soon. And, and we'll, I'll be watching you on Facebook until the, until the next time we talk. Sounds good. Great. All right, you guys, you take care. Peace. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye.